Hi friends, my name is Jason and I'm the Youth and Young Adults Pastor at Jericho Ridge Community Church. For those at Jericho Ridge Community Church, thank you for welcoming me and my family to your church. It's been a rocky year, but my transition to Jericho has been one of the refreshing highlights for me. So today we're going to look into Matthew chapter 7 as Jesus addresses the issue on judging. This is a very personal topic for me and I want to start off with a personal story on how I was judged in a negative way. I was bullied suffered from low self-esteem, and gone through the dark hole of depression. Growing up in the 90s and living in the suburbs of Metro Vancouver as the short, skinny Chinese kid, I was like a gazelle in the Serengeti, with predators waiting to physically or emotionally harm me. All I can do is hide or run. And fear creeped into my life, and eventually fear then turned into shame, as my personality did not match my stereotype. And so outcast, or black sheep, was a word that I related with. Now, apparently, through cultural stereotypes, I'm supposed to be good at math, science, or anything to do with logic and memorization. Nope. I was average at best for those subjects. My strength was in the arts and in creative thinking. And those cultural stereotypes did not help, as it was used frequently in a demeaning way to mock or place unrealistic expectations on me. And only a few individually sincerely recognized my potential. They saw me as a normal person. They highlighted and guided my strengths and gave me grace for my flaws. And for those who are watching and recognize that, hey, I interacted with Jason in that way, I just want to say thank you. I'm grateful for that. And my parents did all that they could with what they knew. And I love my parents and I appreciate those who supported me. But the oppression was more frequent and so I wanted to run away. I felt like I did not belong anywhere. Who can accept me for who I am? I want to escape all of this pain. And all of that being said, if you're facing similar issues of bullying or oppression, I'm here. I felt similar things. Feel welcome to contact myself or our team at JRCC. We're here to walk alongside you. So, I was that lonely emo kid listening to his portable CD player. You know, DC Talk or Hillsongs United was on repeat. And I would block out everything in the outside world. In my inner world, I would imagine myself in a world where I was better. I was influential. I had the boldness to tell people about Christ and that I was making a difference in this world. And all of that was inside my inner world. And when the outer world hit me like a brick wall, all I wanted to do was to escape back into an imaginary world. So you can imagine that situation where I was in. And thankfully, this is when God found me. I recall many spiritual moments with God at church or at camp. What hit the mark for me was that direct spiritual connection of God through Christian music. But still, for most of my teenager life, I was stuck in my inside world. So what changed that? So back to judging. I was judged. I was judged because of my appearance. I was judged because of my cultural stereotypes and my vulnerabilities. I was oppressed for the judgment that others placed upon me. And this is the issue that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 7. So when I first read Matthew chapter 7, I was like, yes, justice, justice, and a good slap on the wrist for those who oppressed me. But little did I know this issue on judgment is also for myself. Because of my painful past, I began to subliminally oppress others through my insecurities. So let's read Matthew chapter 7 and see what Jesus talks about when it comes to judging. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. 
for you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't even see the past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Thanks be to God for his word speaks to love and to heal and to speak truth to restore. So what is judgment? First, let's distinguish that judgment can be done through different motives. Judgment can be made to oppress, like in my life story. But judgment can also be made to restore or protect, like a judge issuing a wise decision in order to bring restoration. Judgment is not a negative thing. It's the act of making a decision that has influence over people. Wise judgment is needed in order to exercise life-giving leadership. We already see that in Matthew chapter 7, 1 to 5, an example of judgment as Jesus judged those who were judging, not to oppress, but to restore. So when I first read this portion of scripture, what stood out to me was Jesus' words. They were not oppressive, but I can see how he wanted to restore and give another method of healthy judgment that begins with being introspective. What is Jesus trying to restore or address? So in order to understand the heart of Jesus' teaching, let's look back to his previous teaching in chapter 6. What is the common occurrence? So Matthew 6, 1 to 18, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of that, is Jesus goes on a series about giving, prayer, and fasting, all of these practices that they did back in the days. There are three trends that I noticed, and as you skim and read through this, you can probably see it yourself. Um, first trend is, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. So note you know, that, that notion not to be admired by others. The second is, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. So note that notion of Father and reward. The third thing is your Father who sees everything. Now note that notion of not hiding from God, but the attitude of genuine relationship with Him. So we can sum it up to this. So the culture back then was very insecure in those times with conflicting values and nations. And looking for mental, emotional, and spiritual stability was hard to come by. I don't know if back in the days they had like small group or you know mental health checkups and all that. But with the structure of those times, I can see how it's very tempting to seek admiration from people um, to look for some mental stability, even if it's by force or through passive aggressive means. So what happened was the oppressors were being oppressed and so those who are oppressed will find comfort by oppressing others and so that cycle just kept on going, that vicious cycle. But Jesus came to break that cycle. Jesus boldly states that in order to break this chain, healing is not from selfishly seeking admiration from people, it's looking into the Father's reward, which we will explain later, and having that genuine relationship with God. So there is such thing called healthy judging. It's tempting to make judgment calls in order to look superior or important. Like, look at me, I got power. Now I can use this power to make myself look good. So when it comes to judging, this is a recipe for oppression. And it's tempting. It's like, oh yeah, look at me, I helped this person. Or look at me, like I know what's better for you, so I'm going to, you know, put this upon you. And when we think that way, yeah, it's very tempting. But it is a recipe for oppression because we might be judging from a place of insecurity, trying to judge to fill a certain void inside of our heart. And it can lead to hurting others because we put ourselves in a mindset 
that feels good to judge others. So we begin to judge out of impulse rather than careful analysis within ourselves and others. So we're not helping others when we are putting others down in order to lift ourselves up. Judgment is not meant to oppress, but to raise awareness of what is unhealthy. So my young adult years, I was struggling to break out of my shell still. And what changed were friends and leaders who welcomed me to live life together. I began to shadow them and slowly I came out of my shell. There were times when good friends and leaders, yeah, they would judge me. They would judge me constructively in order to build me up. So a personal example. Uh, back in the days, I tend to talk openly. So in the past, sometimes offensive jokes might slip out. So a common feedback would go like this. Jason, what you just said, do you think it was helpful? And what ran across my mind is, um, excuse me, who are you to judge or control what I say? So my stubborn self would give excuses. Yeah, you know, those jokes, it was helpful because I was being real, you know, everyone was laughing. But in reality, I was also being immature. Now I can be authentic, I can make people laugh without being immature. So what changed all of that? It stemmed down to this. God extended love to me, and in genuine appreciation, am I extending that love to others? And a conviction hit my heart. I began to realize my insecurities of looking for acceptance by others, the fear of losing popularity because of my painful past. The offensive jokes that I made came from the same place of when I was bullied. If it wasn't for someone pointing that out, I don't know if I'll ever address that issue. I was so comfortable to direct that pain towards that unhealthy action. So it, it took in intentionality to look into my heart to address the root issue. So in that moment of epiphany, I cried out to God. In healing, I apologized to those I hurt and I researched on how I can control my speech. I was looking, how can I change myself? And now I try to think before I speak. And so that has been super helpful in my life. So you see, friends, in my story, there are two forces at work, the work of oppression and the work of recovery. I was judged negatively and it brought fear and shame into my life. Yet I also recognized the importance of being judged constructively in order to bring recovery in my life. And because of that recovery, I began to see that inner Jason come alive and real. Healthy judgment is needed for maturity in our life, as Jesus tried to bring restoration in Matthew chapter 7, 1-5. And here are a couple of key passages on the importance of healthy judgment. Galatians 6, 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back into the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Another example is in John 7, 7-24. And Jesus himself spoke, hey, look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. Don't just judge by appearance, but learn to read what is beneath the surface as Jesus addressed the contradictory practice in those times. So we look back here in Matthew 7 verses 1 and 2. It's a statement of consequences for judging negatively and quite honestly, a practice that is impossible to keep. We have all judged poorly in our life. We have all made bad judgment calls and people will judge us for it. If we try to rely on our own self-righteousness, in the end, we have fallen short and can't make a perfect account towards God when it comes to loving our neighbors. I have faced my fair shares of bad judgment calls that came from a bad place in our hearts, my heart. And I can bet we can all relate. Friend drama, family issues, 
Those complex and messy situations that are made through poor judgment calls. And I wonder towards God, hey, if God was in my shoes, how would he have dealt with all of this? And this is when God reminded me of the cross and our need for his love to heal our lives. It begins with healing in our hearts first. So here is Jesus' solution. Matthew 7, 4-5. It's introspective. It first begins with the examination of our own motive and heart. I like how Jesus makes this drastic comparison of a speck, a little speck in the friend's eye, compared to that big log in our own eye. Sometimes we are so readily to point out the small things from other people that bother us that we cannot see the bigger issue in our hearts. The first step is an introspective look into our hearts and to see our need for Christ. It's a reminder for all of us to grow from the inside out. Are we judging based on our own securities? Or do we need to receive healing from God's love before we even start to lay the first word of judgment on others? In that space of helping others out, I find that most of the time the best thing is not to make any judgment call at first. Learn to listen, reflect in our own lives, seek after God and what is the underlying issue and the best way to bring healing and restoration. The frequent practice of devotion and examining our own motives is important. So, when I was in the military years, I was in the military reserves, uh, we practiced the skill of night navigation. Now it's easy to navigate in a day, but at night when visibility is low and going through the bushes, finding reference points in order to follow a map and to walk in a straight line is more difficult. So if the sky is clear, stars can make a good reference point. So just point out a noticeable star in the horizon and walk towards it. Of course, I had to look at where I was going in front of me, but it was also important to check my map and the star that was my reference point. Now I passed the navigation portion of my boot camp as I focus down that bright star instead of blindly walking into the dark. So why did I share that example? So during that night navigation course, uh, my squad was also following me. I was the point man to look for that direction. And this illustration reminds me about how when others depend or benefit from our judgment call, we first also need to make sure that our inner motive and direction is healthy and clear. We need time to reflect. We need the time to look into our hearts. Just like how there needs to be that time to look at the map or to look at that reference star. Take time for ourselves for healing. What that might look like is lifting up situations in prayer. Being introspective on how we truly feel about a situation. To draw out any negative experience from it. And to address those feelings with the love of Christ as our foundation. This way we can give our full love, grace, understanding and concentration for those in certain situations. Now with this whole judging and being introspective thing, I don't still have it down packed. Apology and learning are a restorative process. And more important is that I recognize my need for Christ, to be more Christ-like when it comes to judgment that brings restoration, not oppression. So we move on to verse 6 as Jesus remarks in drawing boundaries. Don't waste what is holy on people uh, who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They'll trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. So it is drastic wording as Jesus compared those who reject healthy judgment like pigs who trample out pearls. But Jesus did it out of care, especially for those who are in an unhealthy scenario. And there are some situations where it's better to step back and leave it up to God. It's also a good reminder of humility because sometimes we may also miss out on moments when God is reaching out to us. Remember that thought response I had to healthy judgment that was given to me? Hey, 
who are you to judge me? You know, that's that same attitude that I had of me rejecting those pearls of restoration. At least I didn't trample them to the ground and later kind of, you know, sheepishly pick them back up. Uh, and even if we do trample, you know, those um, healthy judgment calls on the ground, they'll always be there deep in our hearts, those restorative words. So I was bullied in high school and later I understood for those who made fun of me were probably not a good place in their lives either. They were hurt. I was hurt. And I had a choice to continue that cycle or to seek healing from God. And thankfully, this is where I met God in my sorrow and pain. So we end off in Matthew 7, 7 to 11. We address the question, what is that father's reward? So Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Your parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Now, of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? So as I read this passage, it gives me comfort because the Father's reward is essentially Himself. It's not so much about the gift, but it's more so about the giver. God knows what is good for us. Our relationship with Him is what we should treasure the most. You know, it's like Christmas. Uh, in our, my family tradition, we get together, we give gifts, and, but it's not really much about you know, the small gifts, and it's cool and all that, but the mo it's about the moment where we can spend time together. And our heart can be at peace when we are with God who cares for us. So when it comes to addressing our hurt and attitude, the key is to seek after God. He knows what's best for you. And be persistent. You know, there are moments we ask, hey, where is God? Is he trying to ignore me? I think of my three-year-old daughter, and she is super persistent when it comes to trying to get me to play with her. There are moments when she asks me when, with a demanding and bad attitude. At those moments, should I give in to her demands? And I'm like, no. I, I don't want her to have a bad attitude, so I wanted to train her up to have a good attitude. So I don't give in to her response, but instead I try to adjust her attitude, along with reflecting on my own. So when it comes to our connection with God, what is the lesson that God is trying to teach us? So when I sought after God for healing, it did not happen overnight. It took consistency in spending time with God, and not to mention also took a healthy community a community that surrounded me with a healthy role models to speak healing, encouragement, and restoration into my life. So as we head into a time of reflection, let's reflect on our insecurities and times when you have been hurt or have hurt others through poor judgment. When our confidence is low, let's not put others down. Let's put ourselves down at the feet of God so He can embrace us. So wherever you are at, if you're watching this together with friends and family at home, or watching it alone. Let's get into a posture of reflection as you kneel or lift up your hands. Also, if at this moment you're watching this and there's something that's tugging in your heart and you want to experience this love of God for yourself, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me and to reach out to our pastoral staff through our prayer chat. Or you can email us. We would love to connect and come alongside you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. And we don't have it right all the time. We make bad judgment calls. And to be honest with you, 
we should be judged by you. But yet you first extends your love and grace towards us. And God, I pray for those who are wanting to feel more of your love inside of their life. God, I pray for those people to just let them know that they are loved. They are accepted by you. God, that you send your son Jesus Christ down on earth, not to judge, not to condemn, but to bring healing, to bring restoration, to love us for who we are. God, so we come to you as we lift up our hurts, as we lift up our struggles, we place it at your feet so that you can embrace us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.